0: All right, welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. We have our bonus... Last Chance You episode. I love these because I could actually do like our entire podcast, but our bosses here at CBS Board, like they don't want to hear us do a whole thing (laughs) on Last Chance You. So this would be like a podcast only, just kind of a special one-off that I think we can do. Like if there's series that are out, like Succession, have you watched that? That's a pretty good TV show. Yeah, it's really good on it. We could do one on billions. Like there's some really good pop culture things. Albums when they're released, like artists, different stuff. We could do that, but I really want to do one on Last Chance You and we had a bunch of feedback from our listeners, our bench warmers that they wanted to hear it too. So right. we're going to get some of those questions from the people. Uh, but so this was season three. I, the, the main story was Jason Brown, like the head coach. It was different. He was obviously the focal point of the show. Um, and I thought it, it's interesting because when you watch these unfold, it's like, it, I wonder what Jason Brown thought after he saw it. Like, was he portrayed in his best light? Probably not. Right. But I thought like the language jumped out to you. The way he treated dudes, the way he put them on blast was really the, the biggest storyline that came out of the
1: season, even more so than some of the player interest stories. Right. He uh, I felt like he was really genuine like that. You know, sometimes guys can play a persona like they can act away and that's not who they are. Right. But I thought they did a good job of taking you back to Compton. Like taking you back to the Watts area, like and him being there and being part of the barbershop culture and the dudes having his back. So that that that's as genuine as he can be. I think he got <clears throat> ultimately buy in from some guys, even as abrasive as he was, because they knew he was real, like he wasn't acting a certain way. But I, I do think he crossed the line at times. In terms of losing his temper like it 's cool i'm i'm a coach like i 'm sure you 've coached like and i 'm fiery and i 'll lose my cool, but you can 't do that all the time in every situation you can 't just be blowing up and blasting cats like that, or it'll start to lose its effect like you have to be kind of more timely with that uh, but I, I thought they did a decent job at the end of the day i don 't think that he would think he was portrayed in the best light, but I did leave the series kind of feeling like. Like I mess with him. Like I, I like him because he did have the player's best interest in mind. Like at the end of the day, like he's a flawed dude, like we all are. But I think he is genuine in who he was and like what he wanted for some of those kids. You know?
0: How much do you think he has to tell players? Like in my mind, if I'm Jason Brown, I'm telling any recruit that I'm from Compton. That's the first thing I'm telling because of the way he talks, like you don't want to be a phony. Yeah. And guys can see right through that. But if they knew they that he grew up in a similar neighborhood that a lot of those players grew up from, it'll go a long way. And I think that's what. The players realize they're like hey this guy might be a different color than me but he can relate to what i've been through yeah i think that speaks i think he sells that oh for sure i think he absolutely does did you have any problem because i think the average fan i'll ask debo this because we got debo in here sitting with us like do you think anybody who's sitting there and they ex you know they played youth sports maybe it was a different way that that he coaches did the language bother you at all or the way he
1: spoke and berated the players that bother you at all the berating of the players at times i felt was over the top um. Again, you gotta be really careful with doing that all the time. At the flip of any coin, like though, that's reserved for like critical moments, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right, that's not something that you just walk in on a Tuesday for no damn reason because someone's standing there and you, you know, like. Right. But the language didn't bother me because I, I curse. Like I grew up cursing. <laughs> I, my that family much, curses. Huh?
2: <laughs> I don't think anyone curses as much. As not that as God. much.
1: No, not look. There are degrees of cursing, but. Like he, yeah, so he cursed too much, right? But like I don't care, so it, it didn't it didn't bother me. But I could see where it may turn some people off. There was some unintended comedy within the like in the, the
0: season. Uh, one of them was when you had like the school president and the athletic director. And they had they realized this guy had some success, so he's brought in to bring around the turn around yeah. the program. And then it's much quieter quieter at a junior college game than it is in a stadium filled with seventy thousand fans. So you can literally hear him MFing people all over the place. And their faces are like Uh, is this what we signed up for? (laughs) And they had no idea. But then they're like, we're winning, so it's all good. Right. Which kind of happens everywhere that you go. One of the
2: opening scenes was the old guy, probably 90 years old, setting up his lawn chair. (laughs) And he said he couldn't hear it. (laughs) I don't care how bad your hearing is. You could hear that. You were going to hear that for sure. Didn't, didn't a grandma,
1: didn't she have her, like her grandson out there? Or wasn't there a lady out there with her son? Yes. There were little kids watching practice for
0: sure. (laughs) But you, but again, if, if you're not going to change the way you coach, like you have to coach your guys. I always find myself like in this weird spot when I watch these shows like this, like all these seasons is because I get so frustrated with the players that they still don't get it. Like they've been yeah. given another opportunity and they have all the talent in the world and they don't get it. Like it's, and that, that to me would be so frustrating if you're Jason Brown or if you're any coach on this team. Why don't these guys buy in? Why can't they understand what it takes? To, and the simplest things, like showing up to class, like it's, yeah.
1: And he says it over and over, and yet guys are still late and they don't show up. Yeah, I remember. I was a knucklehead, man. I was, and I for no reason other than just I thought I knew better. Like I thought I knew everything, you know. And I had my dad, who was, who was an associate athletic director, and and to some degree, like. He would tell me the same thing Jason Brown is saying to these kids, like, dog, it's a game. Like, it is. you know, learn how to play it. Like, nobody's saying you gotta be a straight A student, but if you go and you check the boxes and you show up and you let these people know you're interested, like he's spitting game, like Jason Brown is spitting real game to these kids, like, look, we get it. Ain't all, not all of you all wanna be in calculus. Right? It's not, it's unrealistic. We get it. But – you still got to – you got to check these boxes to get where you want to go to get out of this damn place because nobody wants to be here. And you would hope, especially some of the ones – like some of the ones like the Bobby Bruces of the world um, that may not have been at a D1 place and they need the JUCO to get where they're trying to go. Like that's a different animal, right? You should be hungry for a different reason. But the ones that that are back down there, they yeah. don't want to be there in the first place, bro, if you can't get right in here what the man's trying to tell you at that point – then eh, you're lost cause. Yeah, I always thought it was a little weird
0: too that the guys love flaunting their gear from their D1 places. Yeah, and they all got kicked out, or they all left, or it didn't work like, out there. I'd be like you see that Malik Henry, exactly. Like yeah. they're still wearing their gear. That to me was like, oh really? Well, and it's got to be humbling for them. Why wouldn't you want to put that p-
1: p- behind you? So I, I I experienced this to some degree in the CBA. The CBA when I played in it was like going to JUCO. Like you either had to be there to get where you wanted to go because you weren't good enough when you came out or you got kicked down from the NBA back to the CBA for one reason or another and you're trying to rehab and show people that you can go back up to the big leagues and it's hard it was always hard for those guys to let go it was real it was it was hard for them to recalibrate and like I'm not at Florida State anymore or I'm not at uh where did some, where did the other one come from like Texas Tech that was kid carlos or I'm not at Michigan for the other like they, it's hard you don't you don't get it it's like it's like sometimes you hear people like lose a family member and they're like it doesn't feel real. You go a whole year and these guys were in the CBA and I they're still acting. I'm like, dude, you're not in the NBA. This is the CBA, man. Right. And I think to some degree it's the same effect. Like they, I have the
0: same thought too when I see guys talking trash, like and they're out there like acting like they're Deion Sanders and I'm uh. like, bro, it's it's junior college. Like, what are you doing? And I but yet it's still a game. And like guys talk trash when you're playing pickup hoops sure. and it's not for not for anything. Question for you: Would you rather? Go back and make 200 bucks a week playing in the USBL, mm-hmm. or do you think you'd rather go through a season playing football in Independence, Kansas, playing junior USBL, college? bro. <laughs> because this, this is rough. That, like, that, I mean, that, you look at the town. Being
2: the quarterback coach for free. For
0: free, what yeah. the hell? What was, he
1: quit
2: now, right? Like Yeah, that's, he, he's
1: done, well I don't know what he's doing he's now. He's a high school coach and assistant
2: is. in California. Hopefully he's making Move money at this Cali, one. Maybe. Hopefully he's getting
0: some benefits at least, some medical. And, <laughs> and, and seeing <laughs> where he
1: lived. <laughs> yeah, bro, that bricks. was, that was rustic to put it like that was tough. I mean it was, it, it's
0: brutal. But how about the practice when they had the cow running through the field? Incredible. You like was out there with a gun? <laughs> Yeah, yes. Like what? Well, thankfully it was a tranquilizer. Yeah. When I was on the New York Dragons, it kind of is similar. Now we played in a bigger city, it was yep. in Long Island, it was out of the Nassau Coliseum, but we practiced in the parking lot and basically they unraveled the turf like carpet. It was all rolled up and they would roll it out because we were in the parking lot. Like if there was an Islanders game yeah. the night before, that they'd have to roll it up so people could park in the parking lot and then they would roll out the turf and it had all these rivets in it, oh like it my wasn't smooth. God. Right off there'd be beer bottles that had just been drank. Like, that's always what I think, like, when I've, like, these situations, like, oh man, these are rough living conditions, like, this is rough rough practice conditions. Same thing, like, and when you go, the hardest part is when you've experienced the best, and you've been there to the show, or whatever you want to call it, to the NFL, to the NBA, And you have to go back down because you're like, oh man, like, because some guys might think, hey, it's pretty cool. Like I get, I get to play and I get paid to do this. But if you've had
1: the experience of playing at the top level and you go back down, it can be really humbling. It's tough. That's tough. And you could, you could tell though, you could tell like the hunger level, um, it jumped out at you. Like kids that were like the guy Bruckmeister. Yeah. Like. He, dude, this is all I got. Yeah, like this is the only look I got. There's a there's a level of like want and and need out of the situation that some guys just don't have. Like that stable of running backs. Like a lot of them had come down from like like D1 FBS type schools, and, and while they wound up figuring it out, like you didn't have that same sense of like hunger. Like Malik Henry for it. Like, like like he's the easy dude to target. Like he just looked like it was a joke to him at times. You know, like yeah.
0: What what were your impressions of Malik Henry?
1: Conflicted, like really conflicted because there are times when he looks like a good dude, like at the end of the season when, when he's got the third string QB in there Mm -hmm. and people kind of thought he was faking the injury a little bit, but here he is like trying to coach the hell out of the kid, trying to tell him what, what he needs to be looking for, like genuinely invested. And his team's success and the kid's success, right? But wasn't that what the
0: quarterback coach was telling him to stay away from? But right, (laughs) at the same
1: time, stepping on somebody else's toes and probably overstepping his bounds and being a a D about it a little bit. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we talked about it a little bit with that that kind of last scene with him and his dad and like the guy asking him how much weight he wants to put on and stuff like that. And the dad starts kind of like clowning him a little bit. And I saw a kid that looked really, really hurt that his dad was kind of clowning him and laughing at him. Uh, and then I saw him go through a phase of anger. And then he reached a point where I completely agree with what you said, where he, you could just tell he didn't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like he's completely conflicted in my opinion.
0: I felt really bad for him. At the beginning of the season, I didn't like him. Right. I was like, this kid is a punk. He's like, he's disrespectful. He doesn't, he still doesn't get it. Like talk about getting the other opportunities. Cause you've seen other quarterbacks come in there and they've translated into a, an opportunity back, whether it was Chad Kelly, whether it was, uh, John Franklin. Yeah. Like there have been guys that have been able to transition and use the platform to get back to where they want to go. With him, I was like, this guy doesn't get it. I thought he was a bad teammate. Then you heard a couple times throughout the episode, where his teammates called him out. They're like, he's, he doesn't care about us. Like he's not a, and then I was like, uh-oh, he has a very serious problem. But then it kind of all made sense when you got to the end of the episode and bottom line, I don't think he likes football. I right. don't not love, I don't think he likes it. Like I think he hates football. And I think the only reason he has played the sport is for his father. And it's one of those situations where I get it. He's trying to please. He's trying to be something. He has all this potential and he could be really good at something. But if you don't like what you're doing, and I'm not saying love it. If you like it, you can get through it, right? Like, you don't have to love it. Like I didn't love football. I liked football. It was fun playing yeah. game days. But if you
1: don't even like it, That's you have
0: tough. no chance to get through it.
1: Well, he says it sitting on I think he's sitting on his bed, right? And he said something. to The fact that like I got it, I owe it to the people who have like supported me and kind of pushed me to keep doing it. Like that, you've you said can't it all. Survive. Yeah, you, you can't survive
0: all. doing that, and I can't. I, I I admire him for taking it this far. But, like, at the end, you see that he doesn't sign anywhere. He's waiting for a Power 5 offer. I honestly hope he finds something else in his life that he can get out from under. Because I think his dad makes the mistake that so many parents do. You want to force your expectations on your child, and it just doesn't work. You can't. You can't, the child's gonna be unhappy in the long run. I find myself in that position now with my kids. Like I'm trying to find activities that they enjoy so I can steer them and give them the best opportunity in that one. Right. And it's tricky because I see some potential in some sports in different areas, but if that, if my child doesn't love it or at least like it a little bit, then it's gonna be me putting my will on my child. And that's not a recipe for success. And even worse, I worry about what it has done to Malik Henry. Like long term, like yeah. what, like cause he's already put so much time and investment into this. Where does he go from here? Um, what else do we got? We had Bobby Bruce. You mentioned him a second ago. Yeah. This was one of those guys where, and I get it cause they had their version of Brittany Wagner. It was kind of funny cause you're like, all right, this is the black version yeah. of the white. Like, <laughs> they just flipped <laughs> it around a little bit and she was awesome. The yeah. teacher was great. You could tell that she really cared about the students, which I think is awesome because I guarantee you there are a lot more people like her at junior colleges and universities across the country that really genuinely are in teaching because they want to help people. And she wanted to help Bobby Bruce. And you could see it. And you could see in him, it just felt so, like he's so lost and so lonely and so desperate. And you got to consider where he came from. And you just, your heart breaks for him, much like hers did. And I just kept thinking, oh, I hope this kid gets out. I hope he can turn this into something. I hope he understands it. And then you get the update at the end where he was arrested after and you're like, Oh man, I just wonder which way his life is going to go. And you just, my heart like breaks when I watch it.
1: Yeah. I, you know, there are always times where like, you know, I'm dealing in youth sports a lot now and I, you know, I, I wind up bringing kids like with me to like, they'll, they'll come over to my house or some, sometimes we'll, you know, I'll, I'll take them and do different stuff. And sometimes people ask me and I'm like, look, this is about exposure for kids. It's about showing them that there's, you know, at a young age that there's bigger things um, out there, that there are things outside of where they live in these, these contained environments sometimes that they live in, that they never get a chance to get out of there. There are other things to aspire to do and see uh, and want to be. And so he falls into the category of a kid who probably did like all he ever knew was like Titusville, Florida, like his brothers, I think were, were they in prison? Like mom yeah. was in prison and all he's ever been told he was good at his football. It's all he knows, no exposure to anything else. And so, you know, it becomes obvious, like a dude like that's playing hard, but you look around a locker room, you, you can see that I'm not built like you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not 6'2", 225, like I'm 5'11, 185, like that doesn't translate into NFL linebacker, and he might not have come across as like the, the academically best, like and brightest, but there's a sense of like understanding that kids have to, to be able to play it at that level. And so he knows and then you've had no identity other than this football player that you are. And that sucks, dude. It's, it really, and this is like a social like thing. This is, it's got nothing to do with this damn episode. Like socially, you give no one anything to strive for. You give them no examples of stuff that can be good other than football. And then you take football away from them. What the hell do you think they're going to do? Mm-hmm. Like what do you think they're going to
0: do? Right. And even I think it was Emmett Thomas, the kid who actually eventually ended up signing up with Tennessee, one of the defensive linemen. When they were talking with this teacher in an episode, and she was talking about the N word, and you know how we need to change the way we view how we get out of the hood. Right? How do we change our lives around? And they said it. They said, "Hey, what we're taught growing up, what we expect is you can be an NBA player, an NFL player, or you can be a rapper, a rapper. or you can be a drug dealer, yeah. and like those are the three options. Like we have to do better as a society." And I do think there has to be some responsibility in some aspect, but it's hard to expect this from within the community to preach more like the teacher did. Yeah. To say we've got to broaden our horizons, say there are other ways, but when that's all you know, that's when all you see are the successful people from your hood are those three options, it's that's tough. a problem. And that's what we have to change. And you kind of
1: saw it when you talk when you saw Bobby Bruce's mom and his grandma, like they give you some insight into the home and everybody says Bobby Bruce is an NFL player. He's gonna yeah. play on Sundays. Yeah. You know, you're like None of you understand that he's not going to play in the NFL. Like that, that's, it's heartbreaking for the kid because yeah. that's all he thinks he's going to be able to do. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, how many
0: players, whether it was their team or other teams, like I think it was the other team, they're like, I'm about to get this money. I'm about to get this money. And they come out, I'm doing it for the money. They're thinking they're getting into the NFL. They're not. Like it might be one guy that we've seen this entire season and the entire episodes of all the last chance you use that are going to get there. Yep. It's just the chances are you're not. And yet they still think that's the way out. Like use the system, get an educate. Like it's very frustrating, but
1: I understand like it's a totally, I can't, I can't fully comprehend because I didn't grow up that way. I, yeah, totally. Like, uh, and and I didn't grow up that way either. Like I, you know, I, I, but I spent enough time like, because of, like, the schools I went to and, quite frankly, because of my skin color, where I was able, you know, I was exposed to a lot of stuff. Like, I could be there or I could be over there. Like, I was... I got a glimpse of everything. Um, But at those JUCOs, I firmly believe, like, the Britney... Uh, uh, whatever, Brittany Wagner, yeah, the they, academic advisor. They need her,
0: right? Because yeah.
1: clearly, when you don't have a her on top of the kids, like there's way too many kids that fell through the crack at uh, at Independence in terms of academically, nobody was on top of them. And yeah, you're one still gonna, teacher can't
2: monitor. No, all. and
1: you're still going to lose a bunch of kids because it's juco. They're, they're, yeah. Sometimes there's there for that, a reason. Like that Coach
2: Brown said, "I am Brittany Wagner." I, I, I am Brittany Wagner. right um, but you know what? You
1: you need more so than that. Is like you need a life coach at some of those places, like someone to start getting these kids like. Britney's job was to kind of like get them through, and while I love Britney and her character, sure, it was to get them to play, get them to be able to yeah. go to the next school. They need someone there, like deprogramming them from like I'm going to play in the NFL mode to like look. Like let me. This is what life is going to look like. Mode. Like, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, almost social working type of people, where they're going to help them understand that. Like, yeah, you're going to get to an FBS school, maybe, but your chances of making the pros are still kind of slim. So let's start to like broaden horizons. Have another figuring, plan. Yeah, have a correct. backup plan. I correct. think
2: out of everyone that we've saw through three seasons, John Franklin the third is the only one that's made it to an NFL training camp roster. He's with the Bears right now. We'll see him play tonight. But nice. probably not going to make the 53 man roster. Right. And it's just. Convert it's, it to defensive back now. He's right. a local cat, I man. He went to, uh, yeah. plant, uh, South Plant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all, like the numbers are, are well documented. It's the 1%. You know, like if that's the guys who make it. That's of the guys who end up going to college at a Power 5 school. Yeah. Like you're talking about another setback. Like the chances of them going are .001%. Like it's just, the chances aren't great. So we they and I think the coaches tried to tell them a little bit in the episode. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you guys got to go to class in case this doesn't work out. But to me, if you're a head, even if you're a head coach, even if you're Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, which I think they do a pretty good job of, they do try to tell them there's got to be a backup plan. And I'm right. thankful my parents told me that all the time when I was growing up. What if you get hurt? What if it doesn't work? What if you're not good enough? And, you know, they, and they, they wanted me to chase sure. my dreams. You want everybody to chase your dreams, but you've got to have a backup plan just in case
1: it doesn't work out. I agree 100%. You know who I liked in the pod? Uh, Car- the kid Carlos Thompson. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And it, it the key was older though. Right, like with a little twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, yeah, with a little bit more life perspective, a little bit more like understanding of what this thing is and what it's all about. And I thought you saw his attitude be a little different than everybody else's. Like, yeah, they might not have showed you like all of who he was, but at least that's the way he was portrayed. Like, I found myself like pulling for Definitely
2: him. Definitely from episode one to episode eight, it shifted. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure,
1: for you sure. You know, what
0: my favorite dude was comedic relief. The band dude who made the rap, who wore the crazy <laughs> outfit from the thrift shop, like for, I just love that dude because yeah. like he just he's just gonna be him. He's gonna do what he loves to do, and he's just gonna live his life in Independence, Kansas. I it, love that dude.
1: Independence, Kansas. He was great. The community in general, he was fantastic. Yeah. The video was great, like and and, and him like with the su- the sense of accomplishment when that hit when it hit that the big awesome. screen, it love was super dope. That. Um, but Independence forget,
0: is set back about seventy-five years. Yeah, like I don't think time, it's changed A little much. time warp. How uh, about what, what
1: was? What was the
0: holiday they had instead of Halloween? It was Niawala. Niawala Halloween backwards. <laughs> I was watching that. I had never heard of this to be a holiday. Dude. No, like, is that they, strictly theirs, or is it, it something that's big in the Midwest? Like uh, I think that's <laughs> Independence. When I saw Niawala, I was like, "Oh
2: my!" Goodness. Let me let me hop in with a couple yeah, questions that yeah. warmers left on Danny's Twitter, and this guy relating to Independence, Candace. Do you think the people in the town actually give a shit about the football team, or is that an angle? The director made to give this idea a wholesome football loving middle America and the brand of football that the head coach was bringing. I was curious about that too, because
0: even through the last chance use, when they have these radio shows that they have and they kind of use them to splice in, hey, the game coming up this weekend, they're previewing the game. I'm like, who the heck is listening to a Juco preview show or a weekly coaches show, which both of them had, even Jason Brown had to go like do the coaches thing where he had to answer questions and stuff. Spirits
1: bar or whatever.
0: I would say they absolutely play it up some because those stands aren't packed. Like it's not like you're having 40,000 people in the stands. But I think it does mean something to them. I think there is, I think there are some people there that it's, and there's not nothing going on. Yeah. I think probably the first two seasons a little bit more at EMCC. Yeah. yeah. Because of the history of success they had. This is a bad school. Now, like, uh,
2: historically, as far as football goes, so maybe they're building that up. I pay attention to the broadcasters who seem like, just from that broadcasting perspective background, yeah. they seem legit. Yeah. Like, no, that's <laughs> their what I'm saying. Calls like, you... the games, it seems very right. legitimate. Right. And they My know what question, they're doing. I don't know how much Jason Brown is making. How can he afford four Cadillacs and beach houses and a in, beach LA. House in LA? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. hey.
0: hey, also you had to think that the cost of living in yeah. is probably pretty cheap. Well, I
1: mess probably, with JB. I like <laughs> JB with his stony glass. What was in a glass? In a hot tub with a cigar.
2: Yeah, calling himself an offensive yeah. savant, and then mm. cut to scene. They lose seventy mm. to twenty mm. one. That was not <laughs> a, a good look. Henry that was not a good look. His in game though, his in like he might be
1: a recruiting savant. Yeah, and he touches on that too. But his in game, like there was a lot of. Like disorganized the stuff. There was, there was a lot of stuff that you would hope a coach would be buttoned up and like, dog, stop. I got this. Like, you know what I mean? Let's go. Well,
0: it's one thing when you're preaching discipline, and we saw this throughout the first couple seasons too. When you're preaching discipline, don't get don't get penalties, don't do stupid stuff, and then you do it and multiple times. Out. Like yeah. that's that's a bad that's a wrong example to set. Yeah, obviously it runs a little bit of a looser program around there than you would see at a Let's lot of talk big time programs. Garden
2: City game, yeah, big one. Which one was the Garden City game? The one that he used to coach at, the coach that he was oh. calling. Oh, when the
0: dude came oh. in talking trash, and they got yeah. their revenge, and they beat him. Yep. That dude, I would love to know a little bit more. Like, they gave you some of the glimpse, and the guy comes
1: out, and he, you know, they fought on the staff. I, Didn't of, one of the players verify that, that Carlos yes, Thompson Car- was there? Yeah, he said he had him down on the ground, and he was <laughs> like... I wanted <laughs> to hear a little <laughs> bit more of
0: that one. I wanted to hear them dive a little bit deeper into that yeah. one. I thought it too was good. I thought it had potential to be one of those all out brawl scenes. Yeah. Where like the both teams just lose it season after one. him. Yeah. That was where they had to get the cops take them off the field after the game. Was that that game? No. That uh-huh. was a different game when they had leave.
1: That was a good one too. you know when I thought they were going to really scrap? I thought Brown and his oh, yeah, the wide, wide receiver receivers coach, coach was, on the was yeah, yeah. 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 I thought that was going to go down. Well, here's another receiver- question okay, from Twitter. Do,
2: do players and position coaches or, or coaches, head coaches and position coaches talk shit to each other? In a game, the reference here is Jason and then Malik did with the O-line coach and the quarterback coach frequently.
0: There was a lot of it that went on. <laughs> so much. Like there was not, I didn't feel there was a proper respect for authority yeah. with the players to the coaches. Like when you see the kicker calling out the coach, like he misses two field goals in overtime and he goes in on the coach. Yeah. He's like, man, you don't know. Your offensive line is horrible. You have the worst offensive line. Like that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you've been Yeah, the offensive line coach shouldn't have yelled at the kicker. But there was a lot of, in my mind, disrespect from the players to the coaches. But it's kind of why all these players are in this position. why wild, wild West,
1: dude. It's the Juco. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Coaches back and forth, they, they're always – I've always had some sort of issue on every – I think every team I've ever been on, I think it's the way you handle it and the way you move forward from there. Some of it's healthy discussion and yeah. healthy disagreement. And there might be all-out screaming matches, but a lot of times it always bounced back to respect. Like – Is there respect in your tone and your view of the head coach and the person above you? Yeah. And if it's there, it can be good. And if it's not, it can be a train wreck. I was surprised the receiver came in so much like the dog with the tail between his legs the next day in meetings and was like, I was was wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was, But I think he had to do it to save
2: his job. Save his job, of course, at that point. When they um, had dealt with each other for the past three seasons at, t- at different schools. Right. Another one relating to that comparing it to the first two seasons with EMCC and their head coach Buddy Stevens, a Twitter user asked, which coach do you really think cares about his players more, Buddy Stevens or Jason Brown? Jason Brown.
0: Yeah, I would think so too. And I, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty easy. I uh, think Jason Brown did too. I think Buddy Stevens was feeling himself, you know, had a lot of success, had built up a pretty nice career. I just, felt a little bit more genuine from Jason Brown.
1: Yeah, Buddy is more of like a a climber, if you will. Yeah. Like he's looking to turn that into like a D two job and then to an FBS job. Like he's climbing. Like Jason Brown looks like he's doing it because he loves to do it. He said it.
2: he likes going to programs to turn them around. Yeah. He like like going to all teams that are already winners that's what they struck me as a personality type wise yeah uh it seems like he cared about his players a lot if that garden city game it seemed like he cared only about himself oh <laughs> he almost <laughs> his, cost him go. the game yeah yeah that was that was one of the dumbest decisions i've ever seen made
0: like you've got to be able to set your separate yourself from the emotion of wanting to go for that jugular wanting to refresh like, make a statement. refresh
2: what are you doing now so one? remember
0: they were leading by it was touchdowns? 27 14 27 14 yeah and they had like a third was a fourth down uh,
2: third down they can't run about on the run ball the clock. They oh ran that's right throw out of yeah. game's yeah. so. yeah. over
0: easy they almost lose the game cuz they come back and score quickly and it's like it came down he to the kept wire
1: saying yeah, you and are you
2: going to win this for me are you yeah. going to win this for me not for independence but for me yeah, it was, yeah. Big. It was big <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about <laughs> that one but for me <laughs> right. but what about the call what about
1: the call uh the last game of the season though where they go wildcat oh uh, yeah and they take the ball out of the league every yeah and he tries to throw on third and four he did say what you'll hear every coach
0: say is he said it was open. It was like open. you know it was not like <laughs> it, that's what. But, the, but why right. are you having a, a receiver uh, play that position and expecting him to complete that pass? There were a lot of those. There was a lot of egos, yeah. and you see guys try to prove their worth and maybe make a statement. I was this was the first season I've seen on of any of the episodes where they actually referenced Netflix a lot. Like, we're going to be on Netflix, we're going to do this for Netflix. Opposing teams are like, we're going to beat you down on Netflix, which I think will be more challenging for the producer of the series moving forward. It's because you. The, one of the things that I think makes the series unique is that it feels like you're just a fly on a wall watching everything unfold. The more times they reference Netflix or treat it wall. differently, yeah, right. yeah, like I think that's going to be a challenge for the production. And you
2: think they might have stretched it two episodes long? The previous two seasons were six episodes. This one went eight, and you think it was a little there was lull a lull in the
0: middle. Yeah, absolutely, there was a lull in there, and especially it's hard when you don't when you realize they're not going to win a championship and you're like oh well why what's yeah, going to happen you see is it going to be a train wreck there was a couple episodes i just felt myself like kind of like all right enough already like let's get through it i want to see where these guys
2: end up yeah. what happens to them are you truly entertained by the game footage i think parts of it but i think i'm much more captivated by off the field stuff I rather think than they when do. they get to games i think I they can't stick imagine, too long on those games
0: i can't imagine how much editing time goes into or figuring out how big the staff is how big the st- like and in, in going into figuring out the best of the game I like the trash talk that you hear, and it also not only trash talk, but the communication skills, like or lack of them, right during games. To hear those types of things, a bitch! So. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I've
0: done that in practice. Right. Never done in a game. Like yeah. I've all like I've had a lot of fun with that, like using your cadence to call dudes out. Never in a game though. I'm gonna get my son to start that doing hilarious. that in
1: practice.
0: <laughs> Last thing before we end up. Uh, I went and watched Malik Henry's Twitter feed, yeah. like to kind of see, I was trying to find out where he was before I watched the last episode. And he, a lot of players defended, uh, Jason Brown and they defended the university and they defend themselves said, Hey, he cares about us. You know, the message is is miscalculated. People don't understand. They don't know what it's all about. And that's what really what it kind of boils down to what, is what do the players think? Did of they him? get
1: a bad rap? Like was it was this received as a like were they received? I think poorly? initial
0: reaction was like Jason Brown's an idiot. You know he said he was a savant. He gave up seventy points. All he does is curse. Uh, All he does is yell. He berates his players too
1: much. Like right. that
0: was the that was the initial kind of reaction that I heard a lot of.
1: I I think some of that has to do with like people judging this. I would bet that people writing that don't. Come from the same type of places that Jason Brown and all of his players come from. True. if you understand what I'm 100%. saying. hundred So you're 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 casting judgment on a situation and a relationship and a way of living that you don't have any clue about. Do you understand? Like, and so hundred percent. It doesn't surprise me that dudes would have his back and come out because I didn't take it like that. Like, sure, like I think he curses a lot and so on and so forth. But I actually left there feeling like good about. A lot of the guys, not Malik Henry necessarily, but a lot of the other guys and Jason Brown. Do I think he's an excellent like football coach? Nah, there's a lot of stuff that, but he's probably learning. He's at the Juco level. He's not at yeah. an FBS school.
0: And he's got a pretty good grasp on his role and yeah. who he is and what he wants to do with his life, which is put these guys on a different course.
1: Given the opportunity to kill Malik Henry to coaches on the phone, he wasn't doing it. Yeah. Even though he said I wouldn't put my name and 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 you can't
0: uh, fully endorse him, but like, I'm not going to put him on blast. But he
1: didn't like, and he more endorsed him than blasted him. Yeah, right. Like, yep. and and that says a lot to me, dude. Because you could be, I had coaches, high school coaches, that when asked about me would be like, "Nah, nah, you don't want him." And I wasn't even like that. You right. know what I mean? So I know it, it, it's a very easy thing to do when you're only worried about yourself and you don't have a kid's best interest in mind. Season
2: yep. four back at Love Independence it. College. It's been reported. Are we excited to see it back at Independence, or would you rather see another switch in schools as the series continues?
0: I think it'll be deter- to be determined on who they get, like yeah. what players. Normally Henry, he right? Like back, what? Obviously. Which, which five-star
2: guy get. gets kicked
0: out or gets in trouble this year that they get in? How many? Like the characters that develop. I would probably rather see them bounce around a little bit. But how many programs are there yeah, like dude. that the around cast the cast season
2: one was better than the cast of season two at the same college. So right, right. Can it all comes down to the personality sure. of what they have. And, uh, maybe we'll
0: have to do an episode on it too. Love it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Bonus episode. We're going to have to do some more of these. No doubt. Other, uh, Let topics. Let Yeah. warmers. Hit to cover. us up. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll do it. Uh, thanks for listening.